0: joined now by teacher and author Nick Marino. He is um, the author of a memoir called East Side Story, Growing Up at the PNE. Uh, Nick was on the show a few weeks ago. I said, look, I wanted you to come back because there's so many other stories uh, from that book and just overall just the memories of, of the PNE as well. So I'm really glad he could uh, make some time for us today. Nick, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having me back, Jazz. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking during the break uh, and everybody's got PNE stories and uh, you know, one of the things, you know, when you and I were talking during the break is, you know, I have, uh, you know, there's nostalgia that I feel about the P&E. You certainly do. You wrote a book about it as, sure. a, as an East Van kid. Uh, do you think kids today, whether it be East Van kids or Vancouverites generally, do you think they're going to have the same nostal- nostalgic feeling about the P&E uh, like you and I have? I don't think it'll be
1: quite the same for, for everyone in Vancouver because it's not the cultural hub that it was. So it doesn't have that, that cachet that it did before. But I think for East Van kids that are growing up near there, I think it's going to have that for them because the P&E is a place where they're going to, you know, maybe meet a girl or maybe, you know, uh, win something or, or just get into some trouble, you know, a little bit of trouble there. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of thing will definitely uh, be nostalgic for them in the future.
0: Uh, and remind me once again, how many p did you work I worked for six summers, starting in 1980. Six summers. So you yeah. saw everything from the carnies to the food uh, to uh, you know celebrities coming through, people going through the, through the fair. Yeah. So there's lots to talk about. Like you know, I remember even one summer I worked there. There would be the Miss Peony pageant as well. I had to take Miss Peony around the uh, around the fairgrounds in a golf cart. I remember. Right. But you must have seen a lot of that too, right? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned Miss Peony because I I interviewed Miss Peony in 1980. Nine, her name's Christine Weber, mm-hmm. and um, she had some funny stories. She said that uh, at the time, the president of the Peony, Erwin Swangard, um, would um, made her always wear her crown and sash and walk with him all the time through the Peony, uh, through the Peony grounds, and they'd be flanked by security guards. But she always had to have that on, and that seemed like you know kind of strange. But then she called me back and she said, "Oh yeah, one thing that was kind of weird is I had to go to all the PE board meetings." And I had to sit next to Erwin Swangard and wear my crown and sash at all the meetings throughout the year. So while they were talking about parking regulations or moving <laughs> electrical lines, there'd be what? this seventeen-year-old in a crown and sash, Miss Peony, uh, next to him. And That's he was, commitment.
0: He sort of demanded that, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: But then when I talked to, um, I interviewed Gloria Makarenko, who was also Miss Peony in 1978. Right. Yeah, yeah. She did not have the same experience at all. So.
0: You Times know. they changed, I yeah. guess. Yes. Well, they
1: changed for the worse. Yeah. Because <laughs> she was before, and then he, and then Christine was in '89. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: now one of the things uh, I recall, uh, and my parents would bring us down to Vancouver for for vacation. I grew up in the interior. And, and every at the end of every school year, you would always get tickets to the PNE with your report card in the interior. I'm sure uh, kids around uh, British Columbia. Uh, but I remember even when driving by uh, the PNE and the old Empire Stadium used to be there. And I remember once we were visiting our cousin, just traveling over the bridge to, to the North Shore. And I guess somebody scored. It was a uh, Vancouver Whitecap. and. The thing just, it's the roar of the crowd. I have that seared in my mind, that sound. Yeah. It was just as a small-town kid watching and seeing that from afar, it was amazing. That was part of the fun, wasn't it, with the old Empire Stadium there?
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the stadium, I remember at the time, like, I was a giant White Caps fan, and it was at the perfect time in 1979 when they won the Soccer Bowl. I was 12 years old. It was so exciting. Um but yeah, that Empire Stadium, people complained about it all the time when it was there, because it was like only partly covered. Half the people got rained on, the seats were uncomfortable. but there was, <laughs> there was a real atmosphere there. It only held 32,000, so it was often you know quite full or sold out. Yeah. And um, when I interviewed uh, Bob Leonarduzzi, who was on the White Caps, he told me a, a fun story where his mum was too nervous to watch him and his two brothers play. They played on the Whitecaps. His, his brother Sam and Dan also played. Yeah. So and she only ever went to see them one time play live. But they lived so close to the P&E that she would just sit on her back porch and listen to the cheers from the, from the crowd, like you heard when you're driving by through your family. Yeah. She'd hear these uh, loud cheers, and she'd think, okay, it sounds like the Whitecaps scored. And then she'd wait for her boys to come home because they all lived at home at the time, and they'd let her know if she won or not, if they, if they won, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you were mentioning you, you met
1: Bob? Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, like I say, a giant Whitecaps fan. So it was kind of a thrill last week to to meet him at a coffee bar, just to actually right down by the P and E, and and give him his book, and I actually signed it for him. So now he has my autograph and he has mine. <laughs> yeah,
0: that is great. Uh, I'm just curious. You know, we've talked in the in the past, the last interview about just writing the book and and what it means, but. Going on these tours, not just interviews on shows like this, but like you said, you met Bob Leonarduzzi the other day, you signed a book for him, many other people you're probably meeting um, that have had some history. What's that been like for you over the last two or three months?
1: It's It's been interesting. It's been exciting. I mean, almost every day I get a message from someone I don't know saying how much they love the book and thanking me for writing it. Um, but the thing that's really funny is that everybody seems to have some kind of peony story. Some of them are great. Some of them... Are not, they think they're good. They're like, I got a story for you. I worked and sold donuts. And then yeah. that's it, right? And I'm like, again, okay, <laughs> not a great story. Um, but but a lot of them, uh, like, like I say, everybody has some kind of peony story. Like every day I get up and I have to answer stuff on Facebook, and I don't have to, I like to, yeah. about people that have stories for me about it.
0: Um, there was at one point a conversation about moving the peony. Uh, potentially out to Surrey or deeper into the Fraser Valley, uh, particularly because of its agricultural roots. And people said, look, we got all this land in East Vancouver. We can use it for parks, for housing, all of those types of things. Would it still be the same PNE if that ever happened?
1: I don't think it would. You know, it's been there for 113 years now. And actually, you know, there was a time in the 90s where the Vancouver City Council voted to to... And the peony, and it was supposed to everything dismantled. The roller coaster was supposed to be taken down. Yeah, they were going to use parts of it as a, in a display in like a garden. There was a whole plan to get rid of all the buildings, everything there. But somehow that changed, and within five or ten years of of them doing that, the roller coaster became like a protected thing in the city. Um, so, so I think uh, it. it I, I love that it's still there. I mean, I was there yesterday, and um, I, I actually I ran into a, an ex student. Oh, and did? he, uh, this, this kid named Aiden, and uh, he loved the book. And I just happened to run into him there, and he had the book with him. So I got a picture of me and Aiden together at the p with the book. And it was kind of a thrill, I think, for both of us yeah. to uh, run into each other there.
0: Um, this book that you've written, do you have another one in you? Because it it, it takes a lot of time, energy, and it's, there's a, you know... There's a lot of emotion that goes into writing a book like this because you're going through your own memories, your own history, revisiting things. Uh, do you see yourself writing another one? For sure, yeah. Like,
1: I mean, when I talk about this book, I normally talk about it as a peony book, but it's a memoir. So, a lot of it is about my life. You know, there, there's a lot of stories about my family, my great grandfather. Um, was murdered in 1914, and when he was murdered, the newspaper said the richest Italian in Vancouver is killed. So I sort of go into that story and see his backstory. So, so like you say, yeah, there's a lot of emotion. I talk about when my mom died when I was 13 years old and those kind of things. So, so yeah, it is a lot of emotion, but it sort of opened up something in me that uh, I really want to continue. So I definitely hope to
0: write more. Wonderful, Nick. Thank you so much for dropping by. I know you got a busy schedule. Really appreciate you making time for us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back on, Jess.